On today's pod, we have something a little different, as this is an audio recording taken from a Zoom meeting of RISI Match, which is a certificate program run by myself, Julia, and Stefania. And so every week we have different panelists come on and talk about their experiences and journeys and sometimes their research. So this is a really good way for students to connect to other professors and other people that are also in the science program and also alumni. So this week, we have two students as the panelists, Stephen Tran and Mohammed Mall, and they talk about their extracurriculars. So please lean in and enjoy this unedited raw footage of Raisai Match with Stephen Tran and Mohammed Mall. Okay, so everyone, this week we have two students here and they are heavily involved in extracurriculars. So if you want to hear about that, they are the best people to talk to. So I have Mohammed and Steven here. So if you guys want to introduce yourselves, uh, Mohammed, you can go first. Hi everyone, uh, it's an honor to be here. Uh, this is a great program and I want to thank uh, Stefania and Julia for hosting it this year. I was actually speaking to Brian over the phone yesterday. And I was letting him know about successes. And also, I seen the post on LinkedIn. So it's good to see how it's been a great success so far. And hopefully, it's going to increase from here. So it's an honor to be here. My name is Mohammed. I'm studying biology and I'm in my fourth year. Perfect. Thank you. And uh, thank you for those words, too. It was very nice. And Stephen? What's up, everyone? Likewise, um, I'm also part of the program. And it's really awesome to be up here to talk, everyone. Um, I'm in my second year of biomedical sciences co-op and uh, yeah I'm totally excited to get to know everyone here answer some questions about any concerns or questions throughout the semester and yeah let's, let's get it started. Perfect. Okay so Steven do you have a part-time job currently or are you just focused like on school and your extracurriculars? Yeah so I am working a bit. Uh, I work as a tutor right now. I um, I tutor uh, STEM subjects. I started with math, but I dived into a lot of science and a lot of um, well, just science and math, really. I tutor for the Math Guru, really awesome place. I think you guys should look at it when you can on Instagram. Um, if you're looking for tutor to like tutor anything or just any sort of more support throughout the semester. Um, but I do work as a tutor right now. It's about uh, 10 hours a week, depends on um, what week it is. We're, it's near the end of the quad, so it's been pretty hectic so far, to say the least. Um, I also have an internship right now um, through the SDZ with Anthony Morgan. It's part of uh, Science Everywhere. It's a project called Freestyle Social. Um, hopefully some people have heard of it so far lately. Um, if not, then it's okay. I'm sure you're gonna hear um, once or twice throughout the semester, but uh, yeah, those are the two main jobs that I have right now. Um, I have some volunteering experience, but I think we're gonna dive into that later. Yeah, yeah, we will. So you said you tutor in math and was there another subject too or just math? Yeah, so I do I do math from grades uh, one through 12 and also AP. And I do science from grades three to uh, 12, including AP. And sorry, what do you do for Anthony Morgan? If you don't mind me asking, like your role in that? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know what I do exactly. It changes like every week. And uh, if anyone is acquainted with them, they, you know that he's incredibly like, Oh, I gotta choose the right words because it's being recorded. Eccentric, I think. Um, so things change up all the time and for the good, actually. Like I've dived into very briefly into data analytics, dived into outreach as well. We dived into um, wow, what did we do? Um, to the like the coding side of stuff. So like very basic like computer science. Um, but yeah, like at first I just wanted to join in and just see like what's up with like entrepreneurship and stuff. So I was like, there's gotta be more to STEM than like wanting to go to med school or dental school. Um, but then uh, it turned into from me wanting to see how you can run a company to me helping out with the project and the initiative. And so far it's been really fun. And uh, yeah, as Maurice said, it's a would you rather game and it's really fun. And uh, uh, hopefully we can implement this somehow throughout the semester. And how did you learn coding? I'm just very curious. I know that's a, a really important skill now to have is coding, which I don't know how to code. Did you teach yourself or did you take a course? So I, I, I was always very like, um, I always dipped my toes into it since like middle school. Was I good at it? No, absolutely not. Like I have like the very core basics of like HTML and CSS. But then recently, um, uh, 
it was actually it was in orgo it was in the orgo the labs and stuff and there's a lot of data you gotta look through and i was like it's such a pain trying to take out like data that doesn't work for your um for your paper and stuff so i was like this gotta be a, like a better way so i look into macros such as visual basic and that was incredible i had such a like a big epiphany in the when i was learning um vba through excel and then i started to dive into uh, um, started to dive into C coding just because it's a lot more automation with the basic things that I do here and stuff. And uh, yeah, from there, I just kind of took off. I tried to do, I tried to do this, the CS 101 from um, the online course from Harvard. Oh my God, that was really hard. But um, I only finished the first project and I started that in summer. So like, if anyone has a, has a lot of free time, I definitely recommend it, but definitely online course. Everyone, Sorry? Everyone posts that on LinkedIn doing yeah. that Harvard course. Yeah. Yeah, and like at first I was like, why would you like? I don't think it's it's, it's like a big flex to post your like online education, like uh, degrees. Being very honest, but the first project in that course was incredibly difficult, and I was like, I finished that first one, and I, I just called it a day from there. I'm like, I learned like more than enough for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, and oh, and Mohammed, do you have a part-time job currently? Yeah, so I'm working with Sci Exchange right now as the communications and outreach student lead. Uh, so I do work there along with my own startup company. We have a residency at St. Michael's Hospital. So I do spend a lot of my time when I'm not doing schoolwork uh, working on the startup company. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Cool. Very good. Um, so have you had any like research jobs or volunteering jobs in the past that are related to the science field other than that? Yeah, so I worked with uh, Dr. Brian Corvistu uh, during the summer last year, working on the organic chemistry lab manual. I believe there's a few people here that worked on that as well. So that was a great experience working with a group of 10, 10 volunteers. So it was, it was fun. It was a good way to get through our first summer of COVID. So that was good. It kept us all busy. Uh, along with that, I do volunteer at the hospital. But right now, because of the lockdown, I'm no longer going there at Mount Sinai Hospital, uh, working in the medical research department. Uh, so it's, it's fun to be there. And it's also part of my science field of going into my uh, master's, which I'll speak about later. So yeah, that's pretty much it for my research experience. Yeah, me and Julia did that as well in the summer, the Sinai 99 with Brian. Um, so if there's anyone, any second years here that took organic chemistry, we like helped put that lab manual together. So I hope you guys kind of enjoyed that. Um, and don't and get mad at us. <laughs> yeah, don't get mad at us. <laughs> And Steven, do you have any like past research jobs or current research jobs or volunteering? Well, in terms of research, I did undergo a virtual research project over the summer. It was only three months long, but it involved a lot of simulations and stuff. It was through U of T. Um, I was actually a research lead for my own project, which was really interesting. That was a brand new experience that I did not know um, that could get very stressful, but it was a good way to dip my toes into research. In terms of... Um, other research positions. I mean, uh, I think that's pretty much it. I did start off my internship with Anthony as a quote unquote research intern where I just like search up really random topics. Um, it, it, it varies like greatly. I have some teammates here that were involved with that. And um, yeah, a lot of uh, just like very primary general research through that uh, experience. Also, Steven, you're in second year. So I remember in my second year, I was really nervous about getting a research position, especially when COVID started. I thought it was impossible. But um, I think a lot, of, a lot of opportunities come in third and fourth year. So I don't want second year people to get like really stressed out about finding a research position. Just it takes time. And like you have to develop relationships with your professors and with other people to really get a good research position. So just don't worry. Yeah, it's also kind of harder in first year and second year because your classes are so big. Um, but when you get into third and fourth year and you start taking those uh, professional courses, the classes are smaller. So you can kind of develop more of a relationship with the prof. Um, and yeah, and see if you're interested in their research because that's essentially like the biggest thing um, with getting like volunteer research experience. Yeah, exactly. And I think even in fourth, third and fourth year, I'm not really sure exactly, but there's courses with research with professors. So that's yeah. thing too. Okay, so um, now you guys are both really involved in extracurriculars. So if, I know a lot of people are trying to get into extracurriculars. So if you guys wanna dive into that, talk about how you got into it and what you do. Stephen, if you wanna go first. 
Cool. So I started off in first year and everyone's like, oh, like first year is like really scary. And trust me, um, just, just because the fact that I dived into extracurriculars first year doesn't mean that I was scared. I was incredibly <laughs> afraid and scared of everything in first year. Um, the class size, making friends and professors, man, I thought they were super scary at first too. And um, this any curricular stuff, um, I felt very afraid to, to dive into. But then uh, I think this is where you kind of test yourself on like how deep your passions go because uh, in high school, I wasn't the best at sports, but I loved sports. I loved um, a lot of solo sports. So I did a lot of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, a lot of boxing. And um, just looking through like the Ryerson page, I went through the, the Mac site as well. Um, and I saw a lot of clubs there. So I saw, I saw fencing, I saw archery there. And then I was like, hey, what the heck not? I think it'd be really fun to try fencing because I haven't touched uh, that side of sports whatsoever. And um, I think a lot of um, extracurricular stuff to dive right into it right away is just to go in with like, um, with no expectations and just to go in and to learn something new and stuff and just try to improve on yourself. That's why I like solo sports. Um, but then after that, I was like, wow, like after one hour of fencing, like that was incredibly fun. I made like three new friends, now acquaintances um, because of COVID and stuff, but um, I tried a ton of different sports, so I tried BJJ at Ryerson. That was incredible. I recommend it to everyone here. And then that's when I slowly got into other student groups. So the first one I got into um, was uh, the BMSU. And at first I was like, I just wanted to get more experience in like learning how to do finances and stuff, to be very honest. But then uh, it slowly um, went into um, uh, the, reason, like, the reason why I wanted to do it, like, um, after a little bit, after a couple months, was that like you have a lot of um, strength as a person inside of a student group. Uh, I think a lot of people um, they can't really it's, it's kind of hard to comprehend. But then once you talk to a lot of students, uh, like more than 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 students about their concerns about courses and stuff, it's like wow, you actually have a lot of strength and you have um, a lot of power to give these students a voice. And like especially now, like I'm sure a lot of people here have some sort of problem with their courses. So like um, being able, me being able to just like, even just like read any responses and feedback is really awesome. So like over time, I, I got a little bit more empowered in myself, but like even now I'm still like really scared into um, like talking to profs like, hey, you got like position in your lab or something kind of thing. But it's about being courageous and being able to take that step forward. Yeah, perfect. And I think first year is the best time to really get into extracurriculars because you're not as busy. I don't think you are in first year. It's more general courses. So I think that's the best advice, just to dive into everything, just to see what you like, test the waters. And um, I think that's how you get the most out of university is through these clubs, these extracurriculars, through these sports, because that's how you make the best memories. Looking back, you don't want to just be studying all the time and going home on the subway ride, sleeping, waking up, studying. It's just it's the best to develop relationships and memories and, and yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, 100%, yeah, like even to even now, like the best memories I have of first year are the really random things that happened in first year within these clubs and stuff. Like I'm telling you guys, I think the best times I had, like just give some examples were like through some Ryerson BJJ things where, cause like it's a very, um, it's a very like physical contact sport. I call it intimate <laughs> kind of thing. To some people, it's not the right term, but um, it does get very intimate and you build a very strong bond with other people. Like, come on, if you're if you're choking someone out for an hour straight, you have to be friends with them afterwards, right? So like, there's a lot of team bonding exercises too. Like we just go to like bars and just like have a couple of drinks and have some fun. And I was like, wow, these people aren't from Ryerson, but you create such good bond with them. And I think being able to like differentiate between like, um, having like fun in school, having fun with, with like clubs and stuff is such a big, um, it's very important in my opinion to have a lot of fun um, throughout university. Yep, I completely agree. This, Steph and I, we, this is our favorite course to take. It just motivated us to go out and, and do more things rather than just study. Cause I think before this, we didn't do any extracurriculars. We did nothing really. So um, even this course, <laughs> I'm just reading the chat. Um, even this course, it just, it's something extra to do just to hear about different experiences. It's really good. 
And uh, Mohammed, how about you? Yeah, I like how Stephen mentioned the sports. I think even for me in first year, it was just uh, going to school and then going home. I did have a lot of friends from my high school, so that that helped me in first year just to be able to cope with uh, adapting to university life. Uh, but along with that, I think I focused on getting involved with sports, for example, with intramurals, volleyball, soccer, uh, ice hockey. So that was fun. And just, I guess, relieving all the stress. Yeah, and I think uh, Zohar also mentioned volleyball. I think we're part of the same team. So there were a lot of people from like the science department. So we made like a little science team, which was fun to go and represent our, like, you know, our faculty, uh, even though we did lose a lot of games, but it's fine. It was a good way for us to, you know, de-stress after a long day in the lab. So that was fun and for sure. And I think for me, I started getting involved uh, with a few different organizations and student clubs, which was like, I think second year and third year. Uh, I think the first thing that I actually did aside from my courses was Sci 88 with Dr. Corvistu. And I feel like that opened doors for me to many other different organizations. Uh, for example, starting our own chapter uh, at Ryerson for the Concussion Legacy Foundation. And that was through a hackathon that we attended at Ryerson as well, which was hosted by um, Concussion Legacy. And, and funny enough is that's exactly where our startup company also started. So a lot of that happened because I, I joined the SCI 88 and I guess that just opened many opportunities for me. And currently I'm the VP operations uh, for Concussion Legacy Foundation. Uh, along with that, I'm also the VP at MSC, which is the Muslim Students Association. Uh, and there's a few other organizations I help out with, like even the peer mentorship. And I just feel like uh, these are all organizations that I can connect with and even just help uh, students and being able to help the community. So it's more than just school, right? Especially during a time like this. Uh, I, I guess I would try to maintain my, I guess, school life and social life through such activities. So that way it's not like I'm just doing schoolwork all day long and it's a way for me to connect. For example, just earlier, right before this meeting, I was meeting with uh, the Concussion Legacy executives. And funny enough, it's five out of the six executives are my close friends. So just seeing them on the Zoom call is another excuse for us to meet. So I think that really helped out. And I guess the one advice I'd say is get involved as early as possible, like Stephen also mentioned. And honestly, I'm very impressed to see that Stephen got involved in second year. So, or even in first year, like uh, I was really shocked to see that you're in second year. So that's really good to see. Uh, if I was to, I guess, go back and tell myself one thing would be to get involved from first year. So that way there's so many more opportunities. And I guess in terms of our professors, the one thing that I really learned, uh, which was probably near the end of first year was that our professors are not just there to teach us, but they're also, our guidance counselors like I don't know if a lot of us thought about it that way but they could even be our friends and one professor I would say I, I got close with in first year was Dr. McCarthy, Dr. Linda McCarthy who I'm also taking a course with right now and also did last term and just to see how we're able to connect with them and they can help us out whenever we need help for example with references or even just simple advices like in terms of courses and even I guess anything in general so it's good to see that and then there's obviously uh, Dr. Brian Corvistu, who I've worked with a few times and volunteered in T8 as well. And he's also another professor who's great with students in terms of connecting and helping out as much as you need. And and I'll be honest with you, I think a lot of the students here can relate. If you ever need a reference and you go to him, uh, it would be great. And also Dr. Antonescu, I had him as well. He's another great professor. Uh, he also did mention last week that if you are looking for a research position and you're not able to connect with that doctor or researcher, he would be willing to send an email out for you. So that's good to have as well. And just keeping that in mind. I think that's pretty much it for my extracurriculars and at Ryerson, yeah. Yeah, I just wanna add, like I, I hope people listening don't get scared because of COVID that you can't do any of the extracurriculars. Like don't think like, oh my God, I missed out. It's my third year, my fourth year, I have no time to do it. Like there's, COVID will be over soon and you still have time and you can even start up your own thing online like there's so many opportunities you guys can do so don't stress about it just do what you like that's like my number one advice don't just do an extracurricular just to put it on your resume like actually do something that you like and that you'll develop relationships with and um you'll be fine yeah. and uh Muhammad, you i always see your concussion legacy thing everywhere like how did you get into that what, what drove you to start that yeah so I, I can share it in detail if you guys are all interested uh Maybe I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll just share it anyways. I was going to be like maybe a few thumbs up before we get started just to get the engagement in there. But it's fine. We'll get started. So yeah, it was in February 2020, right before COVID. So there was a, it was a 24-hour hackathon at Ryerson, which was hosted at iBoost. And it was in like with a collaboration with Concussion Legacy Foundation Canada. And they have chapters at different universities like McGill, Laurier, and Western Waterloo. But they never had one at Ryerson. So when they did the event for the 24 hours, uh, it was a, a challenge was how to limit concussions in young athletes. So this, I'm mixing both my startup and my the, the, the chapter. So I'll speak a little bit about both. So first the startup, 
It was a 24-hour hackathon, and I decided to work on this with a group of friends, mainly because I wanted to build this bond with my friends and also to kind of see their, I guess, challenging side of themselves. Like, you know, like, to I wanted them to, I guess, challenge themselves and see how they can, you know, use their problem-solving skills and see how that would work out together as a group. And obviously, it was challenging because we were there for, like, I think 20, 24 hours. Yeah, in total, we were there for the entire, like, 24 hours, like, just working. And they were team from New Brunswick, Waterloo, Western, and we wanted to represent Ryerson. Like we wore Ryerson gear, Ryerson hats we got from Ryerson as well. So it was really nice to have that. So we did come first place at that competition and we won $3,000, which was a really nice start for us. And we wanted to continue on from there with our startup company. Thank you. Uh, so from there, we, we, we decided that, hey, you know, if we already have a startup, uh, there's no chapter for Ryerson Concussion Legacy. So why not we start that as well? So we did speak to like the, the head team and they were really happy to hear that we were willing to get that started. And within a few weeks, uh, we did get it started. And this was right when COVID hit. So now we're like, okay, we have a startup company and we have a chapter at Ryerson, but now all of a sudden, how are we going to hire people? So we went through an interview process and uh, luckily enough, we had over 60 applications and we spent a week, I think it was like six hours a day, we spent just for interviews. So that was fun. That was a lot of experience as well, interviewing and being on that side of the table. So I feel like that really helped me a lot. And that's also helped me in my own interviews. If I'm going to interviews, for example, for research positions, uh, I feel like now it's like you you feel like you know like the secrets of interviews. And because when you see other people doing interviews, you see, okay, this is right. This is what can be improved on. And I think that really helped all of us as well. So that was basically how we started our Concussion Legacy chapter. And from there on, we just continued and we do a lot of things through social media. And for example, the Team Up Speak Up, where we have a lot of the writers and athletes that we reach out to and they, they share their posts, for example, they'll say that I, I make a pledge to speak up against concussions. If I ever see my teammate uh, suffering from a concussion, I will not let it slide. Because I mean, obviously we know like the, the prevalent issue with concussions nowadays in young athletes, especially us being young and wanting to play, we would just ignore the fact that we had concussions. And now you'd probably say that, did you guys only open the chapter because there isn't one? No, because a lot of us related to it. Like for example, I've suffered from concussions in ice hockey and wrestling. So I know exactly how it feels. And even if I was to ignore it, like, for example, uh, for an ice hockey game, I did have a concussion. I was supposed to sit out, but it was a semifinal game. And I'm sure if anybody here was, you know, playing an entire season, they wouldn't want to sit out for a semifinal game. So, and that was actually not good for me because I just made things worse. So I guess just learning from my own experiences and speaking with many students who suffered from concussions uh, and also professors. So it's interesting to see that side of professors as well, where I got to connect with them and speak to them about concussions and just speaking about their experiences. So I just feel like this builds a personal relationship, especially during a time like COVID, a lot of people want to have that, I guess, interaction virtually. So it's also a means for us to speak with many professionals and doctors and even uh, head neurosurgeons uh, in Toronto. So it's, it's, it's a great experience, yeah. And if you guys have any questions or if anybody here is uh, willing to get involved or I guess wants to share their story related to concussions, whether it's themselves or their friends or family, Feel free to reach out to me. I will put my email and I think Stefania will be providing that as well. So feel free to reach out and we have a lot to post on our Instagram page and you know there's no limit for social media, right? So if you want to be on it and if you want to shout out, feel free to reach out to me. Yeah, and it's also just great to get like involved and do your own kind of thing. Um, just to take your mind off school sometimes, especially now, because I feel I don't know how everyone else feels, but I feel more busy now than I do when I was when I had to commute like downtown and stuff. Um, so that's why it's good to just kind of get involved in stuff and take your mind off of your busy life that, that we're all living right now. Um, and I also wanted to add in regards to research, like for the first years and second years here, um, I know when I was in first year and second year, I was, I was really like, I wanted to get that research experience so bad. So I was kind of just like searching up what all profs did and like trying to connect with them, but not really knowing if I actually enjoyed what they were re like what they were researching about and I think like I just want to stress that it is really important that you enjoy and that you're interested in what um research the prof is doing because if you're not interested or if you don't enjoy it it's going to ruin like your research experience and then it could essentially just ruin like not your future but I don't know if you guys kind of know what I mean um anyways um we'll go to Stephen um do you have I know you're still in second year so this might be a big question for you but what are your plans right now for after university yeah good question because I'll, i was actually just thinking about this and um before before um i share my plans i think i want to share one um one key kind of turning point on like my plans and stuff for the future um i hope marisa you don't mind if i share this because it's actually a conversation between us and um 
it was uh yeah you just want to say you know you, you know which one it is and um and um it was basically when um if anyone in here is currently a second year we took that bms 280 course in first semester and U of T came in to talk about medicine and stuff and to say to well, find your purpose and things and not to just do the just just like dilly dally and do like a million things just because it's a million things right and like how it was shared before make sure you do things that um that have a purpose to you and stuff and i was like I, I, I know I know that I have some sort of purpose, but I can't really find it in all the things I do. But then when I talk about it like in person, I'm like, wait, this kind of sounds like I'm doing a lot for nothing. So then um, um, I think Maurice really laid it out very straight for me to say to 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 notice that like um, before I move on, just like try to grab a lot of things, make sure that I know my purpose and stuff. So I'm like um, uh, talking to professionals and stuff, making sure that I know what I want to do. And uh, before it was always like, oh, I'm, I'm going to finish up my undergrad to get a 4.0, do a lot of extracurriculars for like no reason, and hopefully get into med school kind of thing. But then, uh, oh man, did that change in the past couple months? Because um, um, it kind of went from one, having that really strong urge to go to med school and instead uh, I have to dive into like what I wanted to do. I mean, at the basis of any um, med school applicant, they really want to help people and stuff. But then I didn't just want to help on like, um, like the medicine side, I also want to help in like humanitarian uh, aid and stuff too. So then uh, I was speaking to a lot of friends about it, be like, hey, like this is what I want to do, but then what are the options kind of thing? And I have a friend who was in the 32nd Brigade in Toronto in the Canadian Armed Forces. And I was like, yo, it's so like, what do you do and stuff? He's like, yeah, we just run every day, but then like, there's also an option to like, go overseas for any disasters. And I was like, that I, I, I've never, I've never um, like witnessed, I've never been in that sort of situation now, but then um, obviously it's like a million different reasons on like why I would wanna pursue um, helping people in these areas. A lot of it does come down to like where I am from. I'm from Vietnam and um, a lot of like uh, water issues, a lot of disasters do have, tend to happen, especially in the rural areas and the villages. So, and we always send money back there to try to support families and stuff. But then instead of doing that, like if I can be at the forefront of trying to help people out um, in that sense, then that's that's pretty much like what I really want to do because um, I share a lot of sentiments with to people like um, that go through those things because of my childhood and stuff. So then um, how do I foresee myself right now? I'm currently undergoing the process of applying into the Canadian Armed Forces right now um, as a medical assistant. And in the future, I mean, if it goes well, then um, I think I'm um, very excited to like, get started as an actual career for that. Just so many different routes with the Armed Forces. And I talked to a lot of people from um, CEF and they all share the same sort of story. They all share the same purpose and stuff not only to serve the country, but also serve people too. I think that's the, um, the most unique thing, the most important thing that I heard from like an army is that they also serve people, not just their country and stuff, which gave me a really big sigh of relief. So uh, yeah, those are my plans pretty much. If I, I still, like, don't get me wrong, I still really wanna apply um, in third and fourth year for, for medical school and you gotta be flexible with your plans and stuff. I found that in, in high school, I didn't have a lot of plans. It was kind of like a do or die kind of thing. Where like if I didn't get into med school, then I don't know what to do with my life kind of thing. So having a lot of plans is uh, a good choice and keeping your doors open. Like you're, everyone here is good. They think they're only good at one thing, but trust me, there's a million things that that you're good at. And there's so many blind spots that you have in your thinking that you just haven't discovered yet. You just need some more people to kind of check out those blind spots for you and you'll find it out one day or uh, sooner or later. Yeah, I think, I think a lot, sorry, I think a lot of us, um, still don't know how many jobs there are out there in the science field, which is kind of scary. Um, but yeah, it is good to keep your doors open. Uh, Julia, did you want to say something? Yes, just to add, um, I feel like for me, it I was really nervous because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I knew there were so many things to do and just overwhelmed me. I think just like one day kind of clicks and you like, don't be, don't worry now if you don't know what you want to do, because like for me, I went into university just with a general like, oh, maybe dentistry, maybe pharmacy, maybe this, maybe that, just a general thing like med school, like, oh, like it's so hard. Like I'm, that's going to be in like the back of my mind. But the more I research, the more I, I look at videos and talk to people, the more you know, okay, for sure, this is what I want to do. Like now I know for sure I want to try to get into med school, which still probably is really hard and whatever, what everyone tells me, it's like, you got to like really try and push yourself. But 
now I don't feel nervous anymore about like, okay, I'm not sure. Like now I know because of like time just to process and to like really look at other options and know I don't like those options. Like I know I don't like want to do pharmacy. So don't worry if you don't know now, like it'll come, it'll click. Yeah. And, and me and Julia were talking about it this week, like how competitive the science field can be at some times, but realistically, like the only competition you should have is with yourself to just keep on doing better. Um, and Mohammed, what are your plans for after university? Yeah, so I can probably take a little step back uh, into high school. Like my goal all throughout high school was to become a high school biology teacher. And that was mainly because I worked in the educational field, working with Toronto District School Board and many other uh, private organizations, working as a mentor, uh, working as like, a, like, I guess, a tutor. And I did that for many years until end of second year. So I guess until first year, I was like, yeah, I want to become a high school teacher. And that's, that's it. Like, you know, do my four years undergrad and then do my uh, bachelor's of education and whatever else I need to in order to become a teacher. And that was it. And then in first year, when I started, I was actually in the chemistry program. So I accepted the chemistry program over the biology program. So I guess I, so I applied for only three universities. I know a lot of my friends applied to like six programs or 10 programs. And I think for me going into university, I was like, okay, I'll just apply to three programs, whatever happens, happens. I didn't really think too much about it. So I applied to UFT for neuroscience and that was my first acceptance letter. But I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do that because I don't want to do that at the moment. So I'm like, you know, I'll just go to Ryerson because it's easier. And that was mainly the reason why I came to Ryerson. And I chose chemistry over biology only because I had a higher mark in chemistry in grade 12. It was like, and also because I had an easier teacher. So that was probably the reason why. So I chose the chemistry program and first year I had Dr. George and I was like, uh, I don't know if this is going to be for me because I got a higher mark in first year biology with Dr. McCarthy. Oh, I'm like, I got a higher mark in uh, biology. So I'm like, you know what, let's go with that instead now. So I, I used that mentality again and then switched over to the biology program. And that's when I was like, okay, I want to become a pharmacist. Uh, but then I'm like, uh, do I really want to become a pharmacist? And that was like my mentality for, for the entire first year going into second year that I want to become a pharmacist. And that's pretty much it. And I was looking into like the UFT programs. I was speaking with professors there and doctors there. And I was speaking to a lot of the students there. And that was the main, like mainly the only thing I had in mind uh, with schooling. I'm like, okay, I want to become a pharmacist. And that was it. And then afterwards, I started looking into other programs and looking into research opportunities. And I was like, okay, maybe I want to do medical imaging because I found that was cool. And I did speak to a few doctors like Dr. Miranda Kirby, who does a lot of great work if you're interested in medical imaging. Uh, she is accepting students. So that's one thing I wanted to mention as well. And she works with many different hospitals, for example, St. Michael's. So that was one of the things I'm like, okay, maybe I want to do medical imaging. So I was jumping all over the place, right? So, and I didn't really give this much of a thought because I was focused on school and just focused on extracurriculars at the time. And I did meet with uh, Maurice, this was back in first year or second year, I'm not sure if you remember, but I, was, I came to you, I was like, okay, these are all my ideas. And you said, you know what, just, just see whatever you're interested in and it'll just work out for you. And it, it did because now I went from, from medical imaging. I'm like, you know what, maybe the medical sciences program at UFT is what I want to apply for. And that's my plan. Uh, hopefully after this semester, I'm graduating. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually applying this week, uh, probably tomorrow or the day after, because I'm early admissions is February 1st. And hopefully I'm trying to get into that program, uh, which is the medical sciences program uh, with collaboration of neuroscience. So now it's crazy enough how it all turns back into that UFT program I was supposed to go to. And I'm now doing it for my master's, right? So that's interesting. And the reason why I chose neuroscience is mainly because of um, my experience with concussions and also like learning more about biomarkers and uh, learning more about uh, neuroimaging. So this kind of ties in with my medical imaging as well, but not more of the physical sciences, but more of like the medical sciences. So that's where I kind of uh, found that interesting. And I'm also currently in the process of uh, working with a doctor uh, for the summer. So hopefully that works out. And then, yeah, I like how somebody, Nimla said it all connects so cool. Yeah, it just somehow it just worked out. And Along with that, like our startup company is in the field of like uh, concussion and neuroscience. So it relates to that as well. So just, if I was able to learn more about it from like the school aspect, then I could implement what I learned into my startup company as well. And then hopefully after my two years, like I do have like a timeline, but I don't, it'll, it'll change as it goes. Like, you know, especially with COVID, you don't even know how uh, masters will go in terms of research in the hospital. I'm not sure if they're really accepting too many students, but we'll see how that goes. But my goal is to do the masters at UFT, followed by an internship at Sunnybrook. And hopefully we'll see how it goes from there. Yeah. That's amazing. And that's only in four years or three years of you like changing. Yeah. Your, yes, imagine place. like your, if everyone's whole life, like you can change. Yeah. Like no matter what. Um, okay. And so you guys mentioned your extracurriculars. So how did COVID affect your extracurriculars? Um, Steven, I know you do fencing, so I 
doubt you can do that online. Yeah. So how about your other extracurriculars? Like how have they changed? Oh man, I first and foremost, I'm I miss so many of the um, the sports ones. Like like I was trying to find so many ways to just like try to replace it. Like I saw people like buying their own like fencing gear and like just like stabbing a punching bag the whole time. Like this not that's this is not it. And I saw like uh, like BJJ, you, you can you can have um you, you need you need a partner, right? And I mean like wrestling with your little brother is not is not really BJJ, although that happens with all siblings. But in terms of the student groups and um, in terms of like uh, student groups and other organizations, at first um at first I wasn't I actually in first year when I when I was in person, um it was I wasn't too crazy involved. Um I was. I was kind of like on the fence about student groups because at first I was like, don't people just do this for the resume and stuff? But then I was talking to someone that recently graduated um, from a trip from uh, where we? Ottawa um, during OSG after we won first place. Woo um, and then uh, he was like, hey, Stephen, you'd be really good at like student groups and stuff. I'm like, but, like, doesn't it, isn't it just for like the resume kind of thing? But he's like, no, man, like there's so many different things you could do. And um, you give so much hope to like different students. I'm like, okay, this, this is kind of my stuff. So um I got involved like mostly in second year I've had to so many different positions and now like is my schedule packed it definitely is but I have a lot more friends now that I can call close friends and I'm really happy about that because you know high when you leave high school there's always some sort of drama or beef so um I was really excited to make a lot more friends and stuff and um yeah honestly like it's not like people are like oh I have I have so many like board director meetings and that sounds pretty daunting not gonna lie there's a lot of fancy words that they use that can make it sound pretty scary and stuff but honestly it's just like 30 minutes to an hour talking with friends and just planning stuff out and it's really fun and how about is there are some people in here that are on some committees with me and uh, I'm hopefully we can we can share the same story where that is a lot it's really fun just hopping on a call and talking for an hour because we definitely need it like there's some meetings um where like we need a lot of stuff to talk about in terms of like like events for bmsu or like academic feedback but then we spend like the, the first 30 minutes us ranting about courses ranting about like like what food we like ranting about like what food we missed from going in person and stuff and it's and like after the end of it like um like after you end a call and you just hear the silence of your room i'm like dang this is kind of it's kind of sad i want to go back into that call so yeah i mean pretty much the same but it's just online through Google Meets, Zoom, and yeah, so on and so forth. It's a pack, it totally is, but definitely manageable. So you guys need the most out of it. Oh, 100%, yeah. Yeah. And uh, how often do you have these meetings? So it varies from uh, um, from group to group. Uh, usually it's like bi-weekly meetings and stuff. Uh, sometimes they're more spontaneous where it's like, oh, we, we have an event next week, so let's have a couple meetings this week. Um, sometimes it just feel like, just like reading the chat for like a whole night kind of thing and planning it through there, through Slack, through WhatsApp, that sort of thing. But if, if, you, if anyone is here um, interested to like apply for these positions in the incoming year, typically it's like a bi-weekly meeting. Um, sometimes it'll be the 30 minutes, sometimes it'll be like an hour long kind of thing. So it varies, but uh, no matter how it varies, it's really fun. Okay, perfect. And Mohammed? Yeah, so I think extracurriculars are like a getaway for a lot of people and I Feel like a good way for us to just mention earlier had a meeting and just being able to just speak and just seeing your old friends or even just seeing people uh just being able to connect like you know like this is aside from your lecture uh where you just see a professor and a whole bunch of black screens so it's different right and we're also using the same format through zoom and just meeting like once a week and like uh, Stephen mentioned uh, it depends on like the, the student club sometimes we're meeting uh, bi-weekly and if it's for an event we might even meet every day just to make sure everything's going well and I guess I wanted to share one of the recent events that we hosted through the Ryerson uh, Muslim Students Association. I did post it on my LinkedIn, so if you guys do have me connect there, uh, you guys would see it. So what we did recently was during the winter break, uh, we decided to connect with students from all across North American universities. And it was like the recitation of the Holy Quran. So it was a competition, right? So it was mainly because uh, we thought that this would be a good way for people to show their skills in the recitation of the Quran for the Muslim students and just being able to connect students from different universities. And we had people from like University of Cincinnati, uh, Cornell University, California State, Texas. I can just keep listing universities. It was pretty cool. I got to meet a lot of people virtually. And, and last year we did have this competition at Ryerson, which took place in the engineering building for Ryerson, UFT and OCAD. But this, this year I decided that uh, why not take it 
North American, like, you know, to the entire North American level because it's online. So there's no restrictions, like anybody could join. And we did have people from Indonesia who reached out saying how they wanted to join as well. And we're like, hey, no restrictions, feel free to join. And it was really nice because we had sponsors that gave us up to $3,100. And we were able to use that money to give away as prizes to a lot of the winners. Uh, so it was really nice to have that and just connect with them. And it wasn't really like, so for me personally, I like to use events as a means to connect with people and also use the opportunity to grow and even do future events. And luckily enough, we were able to use that platform through that event to connect with students from, for example, Cincinnati. And now we're planning for fundraising events for the upcoming months. So that's really nice to hear as well. And just being able to help uh, people in need. For example, uh, we do this event, like uh, it's like the downtown project where we give care packages to people in need in downtown, especially during the winter months. So that's one of the other events that we're hosting as well. Uh, just collaborating with many universities and students that are volunteers uh, willing to get involved to just deliver packages. And obviously right now it's hard with the, uh, the lockdown. So we try to follow COVID rules and uh, there's like, there's a lot of different, like, I guess, rules that are involved with that. So there are some restrictions. So, uh, I mean, overall, it's, it's really nice to have that. And I guess uh, in terms of answering how does um, managing the extracurriculars with COVID uh, in general, I think just being able to maintain it with our schedule. And I feel like it's also helped for, for me personally with my time management skills. So this kind of keeps me up to par with my schedule. And uh, if, if you were to see my schedule, you would think I'm crazy because it's literally filled like from nine to five. And uh, I do have to share my schedule with my supervisor, Dr. Emily Agard for Sci Exchange. And when she's seen my schedule, she's like, Mohammed, you have no space for breathing. Like, and I'm like, yeah, well, that's what keeps me going, right? Because if I feel like I have too much free time, I'll end up going to play like PS5 or I'll just go to sleep or just relax or do something that, you know, it's like, I mean, yeah, relaxing is good, but it's also good to keep moving, especially because if we look, look back at our old lives, you know, before COVID, we would be traveling so much or for the students that are traveling. So maybe I, I try to use that time for my extracurricular activities now. So yeah, I hope that answers the question. If you guys have any questions, feel free to ask. I feel like uh, maybe we should even engage like the participants if you have any questions. Uh, I don't know if we can do that. Can we do that? Yeah, so anyone's allowed. Anyone can ask questions throughout the panel. You guys can turn on your mics, but um, it'll be recorded just as a disclaimer. Good. Don't be afraid. Do you want to ask stuff? The next? Yeah, so I guess uh, I'll, I'll, I'll speak a little bit about my startup company as well uh, in terms of how it affects um, with, with affects us with COVID. Uh, it's obviously a great opportunity to have a residency at St. Michael's Hospital, but we don't feel it yet because we don't have our office space at St. Michael's, unfortunately. And we're supposed to have our own office space, have our own card and all that fun stuff, fancy stuff at St. Michael's. But obviously because of COVID, we can't really go there. So that's like the down part of it. And along with that, I guess somebody asked me how difficult is having your own startup company? Uh, well, first of all, Dr. Corvisto gave me the analogy of having your own kid, literally, because you're growing it from like, you know, the day it was born the day you guys incorporate the company and then you just keep growing it, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is, uh, so asking, answering that question that was uh, how difficult is it to manage a startup company? Uh, the way I look at it, and it is kind of strange is, okay, so I want everybody to think of as many colors as possible. For a few seconds, think of as many colors as possible. Okay, now think of a new color. Right, so now you see how strange that is. So that's how, that's how I look at a startup company. So it's literally completely out of the box and you have to look for ways to be unique and being able to, I guess, shine brighter than companies that already exist that are maybe in the same field. But yeah, I just thought I'd mention that as well in terms of the startup. Okay, and I know our whole conversation has kind of been like um, advice in general, yeah. um, but any specific advice that you could give to like everyone listening right now? Yeah, so I guess the biggest thing is we, we all have many ideas, right? And I think it was Dr. Dr. Campbell in ecology, as far as I remember, I remember she used to tell me how she would just write down all the different research ideas that she had in mind, like even her own random ideas. So I started doing that. I started using like notepads and just writing as many random ideas as possible. And I think that's kind of where like a whole bunch of different ideas that started, even if it's not like a startup company, it could even just be for an event, like, you know, like um, being able to host like a panelist style event or even many other events like that. Uh, I think that's one advice I'd like to give is if you have ideas, don't be shy to like not like share it. Like you don't have to share it with anyone. You could even share it with yourself by writing it down. So that way, if you write it down, then you have it like, you know, uh, noted down somewhere. If you ever want to go back to it and be like, hey, like this is a good idea. Maybe it relates to this situation. Now I can connect with this person and use that in the future or something like that. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is 
uh, in terms of school, I think we already have our own schedule, right? Like our university schedule, but being able to maintain our own schedule and then using like a daily planner. I can actually show you guys. So I have, I don't know how clear it is with the thing, the virtual thing. So I have like this daily, daily planner where you just write down everything like the night before. And the one tip that I think everybody already knows this, but it's just a reminder is don't overwhelm your checklist, right? Don't put like 25 things on because you're not going to get 25 things done, right? And that'll only kind of ruin you, like the ruin the mood that you have, sorry. And also kind of demotivate you in a sense. That's how I look at it. If I feel like I put down so many things then and I don't do it, then I'm like, okay, what's the point of this checklist? So what I do is I put down easy things like, you know, for example, workout, for example, uh, check, uh, like I guess check my email frequently. Another thing would be is to, um, I guess, finish the lecture day, like, you know, the lecture videos, especially with asynchronous courses, it's easy to fall behind. And I'm sure a lot of students can relate uh, asynchronous lectures, you know, there's a lot of freedom with that. So being able to just schedule that into our daily routines, I think that really helps. And I know this is the last one and with COVID and all, like uh, we, a lot of people don't have a sleeping schedule, but it's important to sleep early. And I mean, that goes for me as well. And the more I tell my friends like about this advice, like I kind of like, you know, feel like I should also act upon it as well. So I just want to share that sleeping early and waking up early. I feel like that really helps. And like using those early hours when other people are sleeping. And you know how a lot of us complain about the noise level in our houses, maybe I can't study. Well, no one's really making noise at 5 a.m. So maybe wake up at 5 a.m. and see if you can study then and see how that works out. But yeah, that's it for me. Uh, just to add, because yeah. you, I think you have a more general planner of like, okay, today just generally like look at my emails and whatever. Like if I do that, then I won't get anything done for some reason. I'll leave everything to last minute. So I literally have like this hour to this hour, do this, this hour to this hour to do this because I won't do it unless it's like a specific time. Like I, I think I'm just weird like that, but um, weird. <laughs> I think that's interesting because I tried that method. I tried, sorry, I tried a method of doing like, you know, for example, from 2 a.m. Uh, 2 p.m. to like 3 p.m. I'll try this from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. I'll do this. I feel like that kind of like, holds me to like you know a time constraint and i feel like that's not um i guess beneficial for me personally i've tried that method it doesn't really work but if i give myself like the whole day then i know like i'll get it done and i, I feel like that really helps in a sense that there's like my own freedom but i still know that i have to get it done yeah i think everyone's different yeah, it's different yeah it's crazy yeah because i don't know i feel like if i if i don't do that then i won't get it done and i i feel worse about myself I don't know. You just got to figure out what works for you because I figured this out like because of COVID because I have so much free time and all the entire day to figure out what to do. So that really like allowed me to know, okay, this time, this time, do this, do this, this, because I'm used to such a schedule and without that, I, I go crazy. Yeah. And also I like how you mentioned how you have to figure out what, like what works best for you because I have a friend at UFT who messaged me and he said, uh, Mohammed, I like how you're so efficient with your schedule. And I know that whenever I call you or something, you're, you're either studying or you're doing something. Can I, can I have that schedule? I'm like, uh, you can't have my schedule because it doesn't make sense. Like he's like, or at least can I see it? Right. And it's funny because I, I explained to him how, like, you know, I'll be very honest with you. Like, I don't mind sharing my schedule or even how I do my stuff, but it's different for everyone. Like, you know, you eat stuff that I don't like to eat and I'll eat stuff you don't like to eat. Right. So it's just so many different little preferences like that. And I did help him uh, make a schedule for himself. And, and that didn't work because that was me making it for him. Right. That's not him making it for himself. So I explained that to him. And then afterwards he's like, okay, no, you're right. And I think it's been a couple of weeks with his own schedule and he said it's been working. So that's good to see as well. Yeah. So it's just to each their own, I guess. Yeah. And just like for like an overall advice too, because this is the question, like try not to compare yourself to other people because I, even just on LinkedIn, like seeing everyone's extracurriculars makes me so nervous because I'm like, I don't have that much stuff, but then you have to realize like what you do is enough and it, it's good for you, works for you. So that's okay. Like, when I see my friends like stress over an exam, like, why am I not stressed? Am I, is something wrong with me? Like, should I be studying more? It's just, everyone's different. And just, you have to focus on yourself. It's good to compare, to see like, okay, what level am I at? Okay, this person has this extracurriculars. Okay, maybe I should do a little bit more, but you don't need like an exact, like if they're doing this, I need to do this. I need to study this amount of time because they study this amount of time. Like everyone's different. So just try to just focus on yourself is my best advice, I think. Yeah, and for me personally, I feel like I, I really understood this in second, uh, I think it was, yeah, it was first year, second year, uh, first year, second, I think the second chemistry course, uh, CHY113. Uh, what was strange is we were studying like weeks before the final exam, 
And one of my friends, he was studying for like months, like literally like the entire like month before the exam, he was studying almost every day for the exam. And I, I'm, I'm more of like a last minute studying person. I don't know if that helps, but I mean, it worked for me. So what I, what I did was like just a couple of days before I started studying. And the day of the exam, I remember it was like at 12 o'clock, as far as I remember. And at 8 a.m., I met him, I met up with him and I told him, here, let's go through everything again. And I just reviewed every single concept quickly. And I felt like that exam, I think I did the best because I did that four hour of like hour studying. And it was unfortunate that I beat him by 10%. And he was kind of upset that he literally like went through everything with me. And he's like, hey, that's not like, you know, what happened? And I think that's where I realized that, you know, everyone's method is completely different. Like, I can't be stressed out if I see my friends studying like five hours a day, because, you know, we could probably study or somebody could study one hour and that could be enough for them. Like, you know, it's different for everyone. So I think that's really something that I wanted to stress out about as well. Yeah, exactly. If I did last minute studying, I, I would panic. I can't do that. I can't do day before. I lose my mind. I have to do the month before studying. And then when I do worse than the other person, I get so mad too. So I, I get what they feel. Um, yeah. And uh, Steven, what advice would you give? Um, number one thing that I would, a um, couple things actually. Number one thing is to really self-reflect on yourself. One thing that I did that really helped me throughout the pandemic was, um, if you guys can be behind here, this much of like, papers and posts on here and stuff this is my self-reflection world kind of thing and it kind of shows like what my main goal is and stuff and um it's nice because um I, it kind of kind of shows you how, like how much you can do and how much that you, you're gonna have to do to achieve your main goal and uh, like for for example like, I want to be competitive applicant for med school and dental school and get into the CAF but then the main things that uh, I put on was a uh, good GPA and what and I put more post-its on here to say like what what really made me suffer so like cell bio one, um, this was right after the first test. So I did really bad on that one. But then um, I kept on adding on to it and showing my progress. So like, okay, so I did really bad on the first test, but the second test I did a lot better. And then I put stuff like, you need, like everyone needs to, need to take care of their health. So like um, one of my one of my goals for, um, for my health is to not go back to sleep, please. Uh, like after resting time. And another one was my weight too and cardio. Like one of them says, stop snacking at night. And like, I, I didn't, I, I didn't work on it till like uh, throughout this month and stuff, but it worked out and I, I achieved my weight goal and stuff. But it's really nice to say, to like come down to my office and be like, hey, I actually finished all of this stuff here in last semester. And uh, it's a really good exercise for them to try out um, after today's little session. Just think of what your main goal is and ask yourself why five times. Ask yourself why you want to do that five times and how you can do that five times as well. And I think that's a really good way to kind of, um, for me, I don't like planning stuff. I'm really spontaneous, but it's nice to have some sort of set out plan for things. So that's my first piece of advice. Um, the second piece of advice that um, everyone, including myself and like, I think everyone in the world is to be, um, even when you're, when you're feeling really scared and, but you're passionate about something is to stay really defiant and um, not lose your passion because um, uh, one of the, one of, I really exercised this when, uh, um, I was applying for, um, the freestyle social project, a little startup, startup thing that we have, um, going on for this year, my internship. And, um, so I applied as a research intern and then, uh, uh I didn't hear back in a week. So I was like, Hey, you're gonna like, um, like I sent you uh, this application last week. Uh, I was wondering if you saw it, no response, but the week after week, I was really determined to, um, to get that position because the things that Anthony Morgan does, he's a really funny guy. So I thought it'd be pretty cool to talk to him for one, but two, um, like the mission statement of the company, um, is something that I really connect with and I really wanted to get into the project and stuff. So I emailed like every week, like I remember waking up like every Monday, I'll be like, okay, did Anthony read my, read my email? Nope, he didn't. Okay. Here's another one. Um, and I even went to the SBZ and I was like, Hey, like, is Anthony around here or anything? Can I talk to him? But he wasn't there. So I was like, this guy's hiding from me. If he probably like, if he isn't answering any of these emails, he's definitely like, like hiding somewhere. So like, but then in the end, we were able to have a talk and, um, yeah, persistence is key hundred percent, but no, on it, I was like, when I first met him, he was like, Oh, so you're Steven. I was like, Oh, this guy probably thinks I'm so annoying. But then in the end, he was like, um, uh, he was really drawn into my persistence and like there's reasons why you, you become persistent and um for me it's just like I really dig the, the mission statement I want to show people that like science is how you think not like not what works or anything it's still in the works I don't know what, exactly what it is but um the work environment and everything um like 
I, I don't regret a thing being that annoying to him and stuff, but it also shows you so many different things that you can work on too. So like I had to work on being professional because um, weekly isn't really the, the, the best thing to do, maybe every two weeks perhaps, but then um, there's always a root cause for something and just ask yourself why a couple times and how, and you'll find out uh, like what your goal is. Really like that. Thank you. And uh, I just want to share this person's YouTube channel. I know this is very random, but you're talking about passion and not losing it. And um, I just, I would always watch YouTube videos about like med school people. And I just see them more like very serious and like not really laughing and joking. But then I found this girl and she's so lively and it really made me feel better about going to med school because like, you could still have a personality, still have fun, still laugh, still joke, and I'll be so scared to be so politically correct. So I just want to send this. And yeah, I think another thing is to not be afraid to have fun sometimes. Um, if anyone here has ever worked at Best Buy, one of our key mission things is um, to have fun while being the best. And despite how many bad things I say about Best Buy and my experience with it, that's the number one thing that, that stuck with me from ever since like high school is to have fun while being the best. You can be professional and have fun. You can be unprofessional and have fun too, right? And yeah, sorry, I, I interrupted stuff there, but if you want to say something, I just want to share that real quick. Yeah, it's okay. Thank you. And Mohammed, do you want to add one last thing? Yeah, so I just wanted to say one last, I guess, piece of advice that I was given. And I thought it was really, I guess, insightful in a way that it's also motivational and I want to share with everybody here. And it's for the students, right? Like whether in first year, second year, third year, or even fourth year. Uh, throughout our four years of university, we are at the, end, like at the end of the day, we're all getting one thing, which is the degree paper. But along with that, we want to achieve a lot, like, you know, a lot more. We're 10 years down the road, we want to look back and think, you know, what did I do other than my degree that helped, I guess, the community, helped uh, people in need or helped, you know, anybody in general. And I think that's something that really pushes me and like, you know, like that like makes me feel like I have that motivation to continue doing what I do aside from my studies. And I feel like I want to share that because um, when I did share this with a few of my friends at Ryerson, they're like, yeah, I never really thought about it that way. Like, you know, everybody here, one thing, which is, I guess, the knowledge and also that piece, of, like a piece of paper at the end of the year. It's literally just a piece of paper, right? The degree paper. And some people just have it in their cupboard. Some people have it up on their wall. But it, there's more to it than just that degree paper, right? So I just thought I'd, I'd mention that as well. And maybe we could even think about it and reflect upon it, right? That we're at Ryerson, but what more can we do? And what more um, can we do that I guess we'll be satisfied with 10 years down the road? And yeah. Perfect. Thank you for that. And um, another question. What has been your biggest challenge being a student during COVID? So Stephen, if you oh, want to. Man. Um, I think the first thing was um, mental health, mental health, mental health, 100%. Um, it's, sometimes I could be very hypocritical with mental health because I'd say, oh, make sure you do X, Y, Z, but I'm not doing X, Y, Z whatsoever. Like, no, 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 not, not, nothing at all. Um, especially when, because we're all, I don't know what the, the year distribution is here. Plus, are like just starting off our university career and stuff. And like after just leaving high school, there's like no matter how you view high school, there's always some like some like loose like loose threads from high school. There's always some loose threads from your early careers and stuff. And there is so many for me. Um, and uh, I didn't identify that until now. And man, that hit me really hard when I was like, dang, there's a little, there's like a lot of stuff that's quote unquote wrong with me. But um, I was able to uh, talk to professionals as suggested by some other industry partners and stuff. Um, and I, I'm incredibly thankful for everyone that suggested me to speak to one because um, it, I think at first I was like, ah, I don't really need a therapist to talk about these things. I think I'm pretty cool by myself kind of thing. Like, I mean, I, if, I, if, I can solve, if I can solve the Hasselblad equation, then I have, why can't I solve my mental health issues, right? If I know the quadratic formula, why can't I do that to myself kind of thing? But um, it's, it's different when you talk to a professional and it's really personal. And there's so many things that I thought was wrong that was actually really normal. Um, and uh, I was able to like, figure out some strategies and stuff. And uh, like, at first I was really, I was very down on my, like, my health in terms of like, my physical health, my weight, my, like, my diet and stuff, my sleep, waste schedule, oh man, that was terrible. But then um, after self-reflection, after talking to professionals, friends too, it really helped me out into um, like becoming a lot more happy with myself. Are there things that I need to work on? Hundred percent, totally. But then um, it's that it's that sort of like equilibrium that you got to kind of battle. It's like 
you gotta you gotta be you gotta be down bad for a little bit but then you can always be happy for a, uh, like a longer period of time and uh, like again all, all the profs that I talk to and professionals that I talk to and all my friends um like I give them a lot of um a lot of thumbs up for their help and stuff so make sure they talk to your friends talk to anyone if you can uh, because anyone in the rising community they're always really helpful really friendly to talk about anything really um even your profs too like if you're if you're close with them like i don't i'm not saying to go into the office hour and say like hey um hey doctor whatever i'm, I'm feeling a little sad about this but if if you have that sort of bond then keep the bond and strengthen it you know i really appreciate you sharing that because i i know it kind of takes a lot to be so personal um I think it's also important because you do so much. I want everyone to know that it does take a toll on you. It's not like you're not a robot. You can't do everything and feel perfectly fine. Like it wears you down a little bit. So you have to always remember to like keep that in mind that you're only human. You can only do so much in, in a day. And um, yeah, I, I think talking about it is the best thing. Even just to vent, like, like it, there could be no solution to what you're talking about, but just to, just to talk, just to say it out loud. Sometimes you say things out loud and you're like, why was I even thinking like that? It, sound, it sounds so stupid once you say it out loud. It, you can go crazy in your head and your thoughts like spiral to like random, random places and just talking really helps. So I appreciate you talking about that. And uh, Mohammed. Yeah, so I'll just answer the questions in the chat first. I think the first question is from Naz. So I do a time block for my study time. I think it's more of just um, having like an end date. Like for example, I want to get uh, this, this, and this done by the end of the day. And I think uh, it, it comes to a point where I tell myself that if I finish my tasks by the end of the day, uh, I'm able to do something I really enjoy. For example, I play PS5 at night and that's like my me time, I guess. So uh, if I don't finish my stuff, then I can't go downstairs and play. So that's that's something that I try to you know do for myself. Uh, that's the first thing. And the second thing is Matthew asked about the master's program. Yeah. So the, the master's program, there's a few that I'm applying to. The first one is the medical science program, and it's a collaboration with the neuroscience program. Uh, the second one is the translational research program. And that program is really interesting because I did speak to many of the, the students there right now, and they said there's a lot of freedom. And along with that, the good news is every single student in their cohort, like this year, last year, and the year before, all got up in the hospital. So if that's something that you're interested in, then uh, I guess you should look into that. And I like how um, uh, Stephen spoke about like the mental health being the professor. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm really not, I'm really open in a sense as to sharing my own personal story. So this was last year with Dr. McCarthy where uh, I was, it was, I think it was the second assignment and there was just so much going on for me in terms of like personal stuff. And I felt like, you know, I was so overwhelmed to even think. And if you are taking a course to Dr. McCarthy, there's a few people here, you know that she reads everything like probably 50 times and it's very detailed and intricate. So whatever you get very detailed with what you write and uh, being somebody that, you know, is usually very detailed, you have to be, I guess, very specific in terms of what you write as well. And I felt that I didn't have that, I guess, capacity to, I guess, have the energy to put that all together. And I spoke to her, I had a meeting with her and I told her, hey, listen, you know, right now this is what's going on. And she understood and she said, you know what, just submit this assignment by the end of the term. And that was just like, you know, really inspiring for me because that not only just pushed me and I actually finished that the next day because that gave me that motivation that, hey, like, you know, she gave me that motivation and she supported me through that Zoom call. And I feel like there's a lot of different professors that would do the same thing. And yeah, also I like how Marie used to mention uh, the link in the chat. So feel free to check that out. And also, I'm not sure there's also um, a consultant. I think uh, Ryerson students have like, I, I don't know the exact number if Maurice can uh, share that information quickly. I, I, taps, I type slow, sorry. Uh, yeah, so the Faculty sorry. of Science does have a dedicated uh, counselor uh for uh for all students so undergrad and graduate students so yeah do reach out to them um and i think each faculty has its own uh counselor um but yeah please don't feel that you're alone um we've got uh we've got support for all of our students um and like you're all saying right it's just sometimes you just need to talk to people right um and sometimes it's just it's just someone that has a different view on things or it just can be a different perspective. Um, but yeah, please do reach out. Yeah, and along, thank you very much, uh, Maurice. And along with that, uh, last term, what I noticed was there were a few, a few of my friends that were feeling demotivated to study on their own. So we started this Ryerson study and chill session. It was based on Sundays uh, for a couple hours where students would just hop on the Zoom call and just do their own thing. 
And yeah, it, was, it wasn't like the biggest turnout, but there were so many students that appreciated from me and they benefited and they contacted me directly and they said how, you know, this really motivated me to start studying. For example, on Sunday evenings, I would just watch movies and just chill. But now I can actually study on a Sunday, which is very inspiring. And it's good to see that because when you see somebody else benefiting from something that you help them with, it kind of helps you. And I think somebody mentioned in the chat is they give advice, but don't act on it. But I feel like even though you don't act on it, you still have that in the back of your head that, you know, like I still know what's right and what's wrong. And I feel like that comes into play when when it's like the most important for it. And especially for me, like if I tell my friends that, hey, you know, we should try to limit the time we spend on our phone, maybe then I will know for sure. Like let's say if I'm studying and I'm about to call my phone, I'll be like, no, wait, I told my friends the same thing. Why am I doing something that I already said I won't do? And then I'll put my phone away for a couple of hours or something. So I feel like that's what helped me. And other than that, I, I try to, I mean, as much as I could, I, I try to leave, for example, uh, one excuse, this is pretty tricky, one excuse that I used to kind of step out during the lockdown was volunteer at the hospital. So no one's going to stop me and no one's going to say, hey, you can't leave. Because at the end, I'm uh, frontline working in the hospital. So I use that to, I guess, being able to go to the hospital from 7 a.m. in the morning to like 12 uh, to volunteer and just help out as much as I can. And that kind of gave me my own, I guess, space to step out of the house. And a lot of people did ask me like, oh, there's COVID patients. How do you feel comfortable with doing that and working in the, uh, in the you know, uh, in the hospital. So I'm just like, you know what, uh, if, if, you know, just stay protected and I think nothing would happen. And that was pretty much it. Like I was fine. I think that really helped. And uh, I also did uh, travel across Canada. This was uh, before like the, the serious lockdown recently. So I got to go to Alberta and I think that kind of helped with, I guess, de-stressing and being able to take a little break. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me. Yeah. And I think it's great that you started that like Zoom call study session because like like I'm like locked in my room all day not locked in my room but I'm in my room all day studying or on zoom and then the one time I went to the library last semester and I like saw other people when it when the library was still open and I saw other people I was like wow like I feel so much more motivated right now than just being alone in my room um but that's all for now I think we're gonna do breakout rooms now um so I'm gonna open them all and Mohammed and Steven you guys can just go to each like your assigned breakout rooms and everyone else can hopefully choose uh, which one? You guys can leave now if, if you don't have any other questions. It's just for like individual questions for each of the panelists. And you can even ask uh, Steph and I questions if you have any. So did I'll you guys get the message? Oh, <laughs> did you guys get the message for the breakout rooms? Um, yes, yeah, we got I have them. a question. Um, 